podcast uses profanity and topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Amanda. Welcome to episode 81. Take two. Yep. Take <laughs> two. Because my child, ooh, she got a set of lungs on her. Well, I didn't have to listen to it, so it was fine. I'm so glad that the microphone did not pick that up. I could probably send you my audio because mine might have picked it up. But I don't want to do that to you. Please don't do that to me. Um, so for context, Amanda and I tried recording last night and Annie was joining, even though it was well after her bedtime. Oh yeah. Um, and she was not having it. <laughs> That's putting it nicely. She was done. What's really funny is she only screamed while the recording was going. As soon as we turned it off, she was fine. That's also because I let her just run around and just destroy my recording area, which I had to clean up today. Well, even before you just let her down to run around, she was calmer. Yeah. She doesn't so, like being contained. She's just a wild horse. She's she, something else. Yeah, not meant to be. She's spirit. She's a free spirit. Yeah. But so take two. We only got about what this far yesterday when attempting. <laughs> to I think record. so. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about I right. Do you even know what my story is? Did we get that? No. Part? No. We oh, didn't even okay. Well, part. good. It's a surprise. Yeah, it's still a surprise. You're going to love that. it. You're not. I kind of just don't trust you when you say that type of shit. So perfect. You know, here we are. Um, but what do I know? Well, granted, I don't think it can be as bad as some of the stories I've done where I'm like, hi, <laughs> sorry. And, oh, no, it's pretty, it's pretty tame. Oh, comparatively. To, okay. Ugh. Eyeballs, man, eyeballs. Um, listen, the eyeballs were not my fault. They were unexpected. Okay, well, so were my, one of my cannibalism stories, and I didn't get a pass for that, <laughs> so. No, because it felt intentional. It was absolutely intentional. How was I supposed to know that? Uh, oh my gosh, Leonardo Chianchuli, I think is how you said it. Uh, freaking baked people into soap and cake. How was I supposed to know that? Google. I thought it was just the soap. And then I was like, okay, I can, I might be able to work with this. And then I got into it and, oh, she also baked cakes and fed them to her family. And I'm just like, son of a bitch. Um, oh, well, you know what? It's, it's fine. It's in the past. You haven't done a cannibal story in quite some time. It's been a hot minute. Yeah. Or do you miss them? No. I can probably find one. I mean, you can do, if that's what makes your heart happy, go for it. I just, I don't understand it. It, I don't understand killing people in general, but like, when you go that far that you're going to eat them, I'm just like, what? What kind of person? I think the only reason you got shit for it is because it was like three of your stories right in a row. And we were like, ma'am. They weren't in a row. They were close. Oh, do we have to look at how close they were? We don't have to, but. I'm just saying, Catherine Knight. Um, That's see. Yeah, look, back to back for you. Catherine Knight and then. Uh, Leonardo, what, what's her face? Uh, I think it's Chi and Truly. Yeah, sure. Sounds right. And then, I don't know who the other one was. Um, 
Oh, the other one was, it wasn't the murderer's name. It was the victim's name, I believe, because it's unsolved. But it's Leroy Carter Jr. That's the one. And mm-hmm. you had one between that. Oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why you got shit. If anyone's wondering, those are some of the early episodes that we, we, um, when I say we, this is when we had our third Brie. Mm-hmm. Um, Brie and I told Amanda she was not allowed to do cannibal stories for, we only gave her a, like a month period where she was not allowed to do it. She's just taken that a step further and done like a year now. I kept my, I'm a woman of my word, okay? We just said a month. We didn't care about the rest. I just decided to give y'all a break. <laughs> not only y'all, but the listeners as well. A so, really long break. Yeah. If gotcha. you'd like more cannibalism, let me know. Write in. Okay. Holla at your girl. Is that what they say nowadays? Is that, Is that what that the old? kids say? Is that what them young whippersnappers are saying? What the youth says? <laughs> I don't know. That's in the past for me. Youth? What is it? Never heard of them. No, oh, I don't even know what that is. All right. Well, how are you? I think I'm good. I think I'm good. James has a baby tonight. I've got some lemon water. Look, I was bougie. I saw the lemon slices and I went, wow. Oh, wow. Feeling myself today. You know what they say? Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about you? Any lemon slices for you today? No lemon slices for me, but I do have strawberry drinks on the way. Well, one strawberry drink and a Dr. Pepper with coconut. Okay, so you don't have to one-up me, but this is where we are. Listen, yours is much healthier than mine. I just saw a lemon in the fridge and I took it. I just had a very long day at work and I can't drink alcohol, so... Strawberry's the next best thing. Next best thing is swig, so... For those of you in Utah, I know you know what Swig is, and I know you all love it, so don't argue with me. Um, Actually, no, there's probably argument. Listen, us, those of us from Utah are kind of weird, because I know you know I love Swig, but I don't think you realize how many different soda shops there are. Swig, So Delicious, Fizz, uh, Quench It, uh, what's the other one that I can't think of what it's called? There's like a million. Are they all same concept. verbs or adjectives of <laughs> soda? Yeah. Or like noises that sodas make? What is that? Automatopias? Yeah, normally they are. Oh. Normally. Why? What are y'all still in the 50s? <laughs> I don't know. You got to go down to Swig and get your float. They don't do floats. Oh. Get your malt drink. They don't do those. Oh. I don't know anybody that does. They just do sodas with extra flavorings in them. So I bet it would suck to work there and have to just know, like almost as bad as working at Starbucks, just having to know all those recipes. Oh, I'm pretty sure they've got it like right there. I'm pretty sure they've got like a key and go three pumps of this one, two, three, whatever. Yeah, but after a while, you're going to memorize it. I'm sure. But also, that's kind of like a you problem at that point. If you memorize it on your own, whatever. I still know the chicken salad recipes to chicken salad chick. I just can't get them out of here. And that was 10 years ago, I think, I worked there. Oh. 
I don't even know what that place is, but okay. Oh, it's it's your swig, but with chicken salad. Oh, okay. Even even better. We just need those two right next door. So get your chicken salad, go get your swig, done. I feel like that would be pretty, yeah. People would spend a lot of money in that corner of the strip mall. Yeah. Like, how perfect would it be? I just think that we should invest. Okay. But can't can't be in Utah because there's already a million swigs in soda shops in Utah. So, look, if there was a swig here, I would try it. Listen, if you ever come out to Utah, I will force you to try it. That that'll be our first stop. Swig. Okay. Like swig. I just got off the plane. Damn it, as Bryce. In, where's my dirty Dr Pepper? As long as it's not on a Sunday, they're closed on Sundays. I think Wednesday is the cheapest day to fly, so we can work with that. Okay, that's fine. So you'll come out on a Wednesday. We'll go get a swig. I'll even bring a swig to you. I'll just have it in the car with me. Now that's friendship. So, and I'll be like, I don't know what you like, but take take the shit and drink it. Yeah. I don't know. Here's seven swigs. Uh, trust me, we'll drink them. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to worry about them going bad. They'll they'll be gone. These are the fizzy ones. These are the water based. <laughs> Oh, God. And then you'll want to go and try all of them. You'll be like, well, what about that sh- soda shop? And I'm just going to go through every drink of every soda shop in the what week I'm there. And I'm going to yep. come back 30 pounds heavier with diabetes. Oh, full of liquid. Yeah. Okay. Done. Oh, Done. that's going to be a long plane ride. <laughs> they have bathrooms. Yeah, I'm going to have to get that chair next to. No, I'm not. I don't want that. Sh- I don't want that. Seat. You're just going to have to get the bathroom seat. That's all it is. Just, I'm, I'm just gonna get the bathroom. That's yeah. It. yeah, yeah. This uh, is mine. Oh, sorry, I paid for this seat. No, <laughs> you can't have it. Go to the one in the front. Oh, they <laughs> sent you back here. Try again. Uh, okay, no, first class is lying. Go back up there. <laughs> okay, we've got a solid plan for at least your return flight. <laughs> Don't drink any li- liquids for at least two days prior. Preparation. Okay, I think I can do that. Okay. Okay. Done. Done deal um all right uh just to jump into my stuff i don't have anything sorry (laughs) we amanda and i talked about this i think on the last recording we talk too frequently and then we don't know what to talk about so we just talked days ago and i don't know i have nothing to say to her yeah pretty much i mean i'm pretty sure there's a story somewhere but it's i have to tell mine first so oh yeah you get to go first yeah well before you go for our listeners we do post our pictures on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are Helen Hills Podcast. Twitter is Helen Hills Pod. They did cut me off there, and we're not going to fix it. Get over it. You can also email us if you have any suggestions or stories that you want to hear, things of that nature, Helen Hills Podcast at gmail.com. You can also join us on Discord or our Patreon, where we're, I don't even know, Discord's just to shit talk, Patreon's just for kicks and giggles. I don't know what Amanda's laughing at, but it better be good. Um, And then we do have also a link tree with all the links to all the things. If you just Google link tree, hell on hills link tree, you'll find us there. But I think, I think I'm ready for a story. I don't know what happened, but something good. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I I dropped my pipe in my soup. So now it's, it's ashy. That's not pepper. Oh, Um, it's fine though. Everything's okay. Okay. So. We're going to Texas. Oh, yeehaw. Houston specifically. Okay. And we're getting in our way back machine. We're going to go to June 23rd, 1965. Uh, Police were called to 1815 Driscoll Street. 
And this man named Marvin Martin, that's his real name. I love him. I don't care what anyone says. Marvin Martin? Did he yes. get called Marvin Martian? I guarantee you he did. By me a million times when I was <laughs> writing this. Okay, so Marvin Martian. He had been unable to reach his aunt and uncle by phone. And from what I read, he was pretty close to his aunt specifically. And, you know, his uncle was there. So he couldn't reach him for a couple days and he started getting worried. He drove out to the house, but nobody answered when he knocked on the door. So he walked to a nearby payphone and he called police for a wellness check. Officer Charles Bullock and L.M. Barta arrived shortly after. And one of the sources said that they actually beat him to the house. So by the time he was able to walk back, the police were there. So I guess they were already in the neighborhood. The front door was locked, but they found the back door slightly ajar. So they tried to open it and it was blocked by something. And they had to really put some oomph into it. But they found that it had been barricaded with flower pots. So they were eventually able to push their way inside the house. And Bullock later said that something just felt off. Well, if something is barricading the door, that feels off in general, right? Yeah, like he said uh, Yeah, he said that was like already like a little mm, okay. But also the house was a mess. It's really dirty. Uh there are some pictures um on the drive. One of them is of the refrigerator. Uh maybe don't look at that one yet. But there was Don't you tell me what to do. Well, it's going to ruin the surprise. Oh, okay. There was newspapers all over the floor and Marvin Martian, he said that that was normal. He explained it away. He said that his aunt was a bad housekeeper. <laughs> they were elderly, so maybe, you know, maybe she was having some trouble getting around. Listen, my house is disgusting right now, too, but I also have three dogs. Yeah, like, I, oh, I've got two dogs and a child and a cat, so it's... Oh, I've got two cats, too. I just... They kind of keep to their own little corner of the world, so I can't blame them too much. Mine doesn't. She likes to chase the dog, like in cartoons. Yeah, that's my house. Oh, so. I mean, I don't have newspapers everywhere, but. So, Barta, he went off to kind of check out the rest of the house while Bullock went to the kitchen. And he was looking around, and he said for some reason, something told him to check the refrigerator. And he opened it, and he said it was packed with meat and it was in really unusual cuts some of them uh is this a cannibalism story no 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 it's not okay he thought it was hog like he thought they had killed and butchered a hog was his first thing because the cuts were unusual they were unwrapped but they were washed and he said they were really small one source actually i'm sorry a couple sources they said that they were like no bigger than the size of a, a human joint which is like, it's like really tiny. I guess it depends on the joint, but still. Um, you were showing your finger, so I was thinking like joints in your finger and hand. That's what I was thinking, but then technically isn't the knee and the elbow a joint Yeah, too, those are, that's so. why you said in some areas, and I was like, oh, okay, valid. Yeah. My, You were showing your finger. I feel like you led me to believe finger. <laughs> I unintentionally did that. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, he's looking at it and he's like, oh, okay, they must have butchered a hog and done it themselves and you know maybe they've never done it before that's why they're all really weird sizes 
And he goes to shut the fridge, and he sees two human heads in the vegetable crisper. Just chilling? I mean, literally, they were in the fridge. They were crisping? Yeah. I'm sorry, that was really bad. <laughs> but why are there two human heads? Well, I'll tell you. Um, so one of the heads belonged to Edwina Rogers. She was 72 years old. Um, she was born on October 8th, 1892. She had been shot in the head execution style. The other belonged to Fred Charles Rogers. He was 81 years old. He was born January 19th of 1884. He was retired. Um, it said he worked in real estate. He was beaten with a claw hammer. His eyes were gouged out. His genitals were removed. And his intestines were found days later in the sewer from where they had been flushed down the toilet. Flushed down the toilet? That's... I don't uh -huh. like that. That's just rude. Uh, yeah. And... Some sources said intestines, some sources said organs. Ugh. Pieces of these people were found in the sewer. That's, that's all I got. Investigators concluded that after murdering the Rogers on June 20th, Father's Day, both victims were dragged to the bathroom, drained of blood, chopped into pieces, and placed in the fridge. By the way, you can look at the picture of the fridge now. Why were they drained of blood? Uh, I, I guess to make it easier and cleaner when they were dismembering them. Because they did not find, they found blood evidence in the house, but every source I read said that it was like thoroughly cleaned for, uh, I guess, um, a murder of this magnitude? Ugh. It seems very, um, I don't want to call it professional, but they, it feels like they know what they were doing. Oh, no, you are right on the money. Because the medical examiner actually said whoever did this apparently took their time and knew what they were doing. And they also said that dismembering was a fairly neat job. The house had been thoroughly cleaned, like I said, but investigators, they found blood evidence on the kitchen floor, the downstairs bathroom floor. They found it on the stairs leading up to the second floor of the home. And they found it in the keyhole of an upstairs bedroom. In the keyhole? Yes. Okay. So they tried to open this bedroom and it was locked. They were eventually able to get inside where they found clothing, a shaving kit. There was a hot plate, a coffee pot, a can of food, a ham radio. Do you know what that is? A ham radio? I've heard of them, but do I know what they are? No. So a ham radio is like an, it's like an amateur radio. Uh, people could use the ham radio to talk across town, across the other side of the world. It, they even work in space. And they work without internet or cell phones. So it's basically like a hobby radio. Okay. I never knew they were ham radios. I always thought they were hand. I didn't know it was like an Easter ham radio, but apparently it is. Oh, okay. Also in this room, they found a blood-stained keyhole saw. Now, a keyhole saw, it's a long, narrow handsaw used for cutting soft wood and drywall. And there is a picture of the investigators looking at that saw. But it's just wild to me because in these pictures, the investigators are just like 
touching stuff with their hands. There is no... The thought of, like, contaminating these, the evidence in these pictures. Yeah, it's very, very 60s, these photos. Like, this guy's digging in the fridge, just barehanded. He's handling this keyhole saw, barehanded. People just touching stuff. It's wild. So this bedroom belonged to the Rogers' 42-year-old son, Charles Rogers. He very quickly became the prime suspect because nobody knew where he was. Charles was a retired Navy vet. He served in World War II. He was a pilot in the Navy. And he also served in, I don't know what that's supposed to be. I'm sorry. It says in outside of Naval Intelligence. I think it's supposed to be he also served in the Department of Naval Intelligence. Okay. He graduated with, excuse me, he graduated from the University of Houston with a degree in nuclear physics. No big deal. That's a little something-something there. He worked for Shell Oil Company for nine years. He was a seismologist. Coworker said he had a knack for finding gas, oil, and gold. Um, but one day he just quit with no explanation. Just by? Yeah, just, just peaced out. Even though he was apparently really good at his job and... I don't know what seismologists do, something with, like, tectonic plates and stuff, but I assume it's a pretty good job. I thought they, like, measured, like, earthquake. Yes, they do that, too. But, like, specifically with shell, I don't know what they do with shell. Um, something with seismic waves. There you go. Okay, yeah. I'm just going to assume it had something to do with earth and oil and waves. This man spoke seven languages and his friends said he was highly intelligent, which I just feel like that's an understatement. Seven languages? I can barely speak one. Yes. Uh, Just seven languages. He's got a degree in nuclear physics. He was a seismologist and he's highly intelligent. I think we we can up that a little bit. Charles allegedly left the house before the Rogers woke up and he got home after they went to sleep at night. He only communicated them with notes that he slipped under his bedroom door. Okay. They had a neighbor that lived next door to the Rogers for seven years and she claimed that she didn't even know they had a son. She never saw him. She said that the couple never talked about him, never mentioned him. Wait, he had like a Dude was real smart. He had like a real a big boy job. Uh-huh. Until did he, not- he quit, I guess. What year did he quit again? Like how long before, I guess, do math it up for me. How long before the events did he quit? I could not find that. Oh. There's unfortunately not a lot of info on this because here we go. Spoiler alert. It's unsolved. You're unsolved. Hey. <laughs> Uh, Police immediately called a nationwide manhunt for Charles Rogers. He was never found, still to this day. In July of 1975, when Charles would have been 52 years old, he was declared dead in absentia, which is, they do this despite having proof of death. And basically this is done when somebody can't be found or they haven't been seen in so long. It's just 
they're declared dead. They've got to be dead. Yeah. There are two main theories that I found on what happened. And boy, we're getting we're getting out there with them. The Man on the Grassy Knoll was a book written by John R. Craig and Philip A. Roger. And in the book, they discuss that Charles Robert was a CIA agent. And now he did have ties to the CIA, but we don't know to what extent. But like he was also in the Navy. He was in intelligence. You know, he was a seismologist. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. I'm sure they could have contracted him. But they claim that he was an agent and he was involved in the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. Of course. Okay. They claim that Rogers, along with Chauncey Holt and Charles Harrelson, were arrested in Dealey Plaza after the assault. And they go on to speculate that Rogers murdered his parents because Edwina had a habit of listening in on his phone calls. And she heard too much, so he just had no choice but to murder them both. And then he fled to Guatemala, never to be heard from again. Just, bye, I'm out in Guatemala, having a great time, bye. Yeah. Which I could kind of see if he was a pilot. But this theory doesn't make sense to me, because why would he so brutally murder his father? And then Edwina, she gets like, you know, the the execution style shot to the head but his dad was like mutilated yeah it doesn't make any sense no. it feels much more personal uh the second theory i kind of feel like they might be onto something i kind of like this one okay so, well i don't like it but so hugh and martha gardner they have a completely different theory and they also wrote a book on this they wrote their book it's called a fact based fiction book and it's based on a true story which just anytime I see that I'm just kind of like uh well but their book is called The Icebox Murders short sweet to the point Hugh Gardner is a forensic accountant and so a lot of the digging that they did they claim that Charles Rogers did kill his parents but not because he conspired to kill JFK. They were like, no, y'all are crazy. This is what happened. They say that he planned this murder for years. And he planned this murder because as a child, he was abused by his father. And this abuse continued in his adulthood. So this kind of makes sense with the notes being slipped under the door. Like maybe he's trying to distance himself from him. And then just completely avoiding the house when they were conscious, leaving before they woke up and coming home when they were asleep. They say that the house actually belonged to Charles and his parents took multiple loans out in Charles's name by forging his signature. They bought land. They took out loans with the house's collateral. They, they basically just like did whatever they wanted at his expense. They claim that after killing his parents, he fled to Mexico, and he eventually ended up in Honduras, where witnesses claim he was killed in a wage dispute with some miners. Like gold, gold miners, not underage kids. No, I caught on to okay. what you meant for the miners on that one. Okay. I really want a different word for miners, because that's 
I know it confuses me sometimes. I think it's just you. Oh, that could be it too. I just, just a wage dispute. I'm, he's on the run. How can he have a wage dispute? And between the minors, you're also muted. Dumbass. <laughs> and with the minor, like, what are you disputing? What are you doing? Are you, are you looking for gold? Are you going back to that route? Or I don't know. Are, are you making more than them and they're upset? Are you making less and you're upset? Like, I'm confused on where the dispute is coming from. And now, granted, I didn't read the book, but some of these theories, they, like the abuse, I can kind of see that, I guess, especially if it was his father and because his father was so mutilated and. It was very ugh. personal. It was. Yes. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't. We don't know. Uh, regardless of the rumors, we'll never truly know what happened to Charles Rogers or for that matter. Fred and Edwina Rogers because Charles was never found and the house was so thoroughly cleaned. The house actually sat unsold and abandoned until it was demolished in 1972. And then that lot also stayed empty until the year 2000 when condominiums were built on the property. Oh, that sounds like a condominium waiting to be haunted. Absolutely. I just feel like that's a terrible idea. I don't know if y'all are in Houston or not, but um, you anywhere near 1815 Driscoll Street? And the Driscoll Hotel is right there, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. That didn't even occur to me. Driscoll Hotel. It is, you said 1813? 1815 Driscoll. 1815. This it's 604 for oh, but it's not on Driscoll Street. So never mind. Oh well that's dumb. That. I don't like it. <laughs> Why isn't it on Driscoll Street? I don't understand. <laughs> oh. Okay, so the Driscoll Hotel is about two and a half hours away from <laughs> Oh, okay. So fifteen Driscoll Street. Oh my god. Wait, is the Driscoll Hotel in I don't think that's it. The Driscoll Hotel is in Austin, Texas? Uh, I don't know. I don't know, guys. We're bad at this. The condominiums are pretty, but I will not be visiting them anytime soon. You will not be moving into one? No. You'll have a built-in roommate. Hard pass, because <laughs> I've got to keep my lettuce in there. I I, they're just playing pranks. I don't like them. They're not funny. I don't know what to tell you. If I ever open my refrigerator and there's a human head staring at me from the lettuce bin, I will probably leave this house and never come back. <laughs> I don't know how to help you unless unless you, you're going to have to talk to James about that. Like, can you just imagine? Like, How do you ever, after seeing that, how can that police officer ever just casually open his refrigerator looking for snacks? He doesn't. He looks down to make sure there's not a human head in there every single time. And then he just gets a Reese's out of the freezer? Yes. I can't deal with that. (laughs) I just want some chocolate or some grapes or something. I don't... That poor, poor man. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, at least he had that hunch to look in the fridge, because it could have been much worse. 
Yeah, I did read somewhere. I don't. I wasn't able to like verify, but I read that there the house was so messy and there was just like food sitting out all over the place that he was like, "Well, if all this food is out, what's in the fridge?" But I did read from a newspaper where he himself was like, "Something just told me to look in the refrigerator." And yeah, that's the when fact he found it. It was the fact that they had their head of lettuce sitting on the table, just getting wilty. I know, I know it said something like, I think a can of beans was sitting out, and he's just like, this is, that place probably stunk so bad. Not even from the bodies, from all the food sitting out all over the place. Okay, but a can of beans, cans are fine to not be in the fridge. Yeah, but if you got a can of beans sitting out for how long in Texas in June? No, was thank it you. open? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. That's why I was like, but if it's not open, why does the can of beans need to be in the fridge? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it was just like open food, just hanging out places. Well, I mean, they needed the space in the fridge, okay? Obviously. There were other things going on. Not great things. Other things, though. I just, I don't like this story. That's why I had to tell you. I don't like it because there's just we don't know a lot and it's unsolved. You want to know what I don't like about it is I know you said it's not cannibalism, but can you prove that? Because nobody knows. Oh no, I can't prove that. So, and the fact that there were things in the fridge kind of makes me feel like <sighs> cannibalism factor is much more likely. So you think maybe he just ate his mom and dad and then just hopped a plane to Mexico? Yeah. And then got killed by some miners because he wouldn't and, share his gold. Yeah, probably. He sounds like the worst leprechaun ever. He's a leprechaun now? I mean, he's not sharing his gold. Is he Irish? I don't think so. Okay, I don't know if he gets to Rogers? I don't think Rogers is Irish. I don't, I don't think that's Irish at all. I have no clue. Okay, well, I less than liked that story, but I also liked it. Yeah, the unsolved ones are, they're torn for me. And really just like, Edwina and Charles, no, I'm sorry, Edwina and Fred, they just, they're just cute old people, man. I gotta find the pictures, I gotta get back yeah. to them. And Charles was a looker too. <sighs> I don't like that either. That he was not ugly? Yeah, yeah. This is a little Ted Bundy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling about it. Um. All right. Well, I have. If you're done, I have a story for you that I think you'll appreciate. Oh, thank you. Yes, okay. I already appreciate it. All right. Do you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking? You were talking about. You know, let's just let's just get into it. Okay. I'm ready. I'm excited. What is this? Okay. It'll it'll make more sense. So. <clears throat> Rotary jails were being created. Uh, nope, we're going to stop. Hold on. Look on your face distracted me. <laughs> Do you know what it is? I know what, I know what that is. I, okay. think is. I, I know what a rotary, a rotary jail, jail is. is. Okay. So <laughs> rotary jails were a design created by William H. Brown and Benjamin F. Hoff. The object, and this is a quote from them. The object of our invention is to produce a jail in which prisoners can be controlled without the necessity of personal contact between them and the jailer. Theoretically, this would provide, quote, maximum security with minimum jailer attention, end quote. 
Now, William and Benjamin, they have a patent for this design that was actually issued to them in July of 1981. So, like, this is their big brain child patented. 1981? Oh, no, I'm sorry. 1881. Oh, that's a long time ago. Okay. I was like, I've heard of these, and there's no way they were using them in the 80s. Oh, I'm sorry. 1881. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Okay. I'm with you. July 1881. The concept of these jails was that the cells were located on a central carousel, and the jailer would then be able to hand crank the cells, which would spin... And there was only one opening, so once the single cell, or the cell that they needed to get to, was lined up appropriately, only one cell would have access in or out of the cell at a time. The others were completely trapped. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. What if the jail's on fire? We'll talk about it. (laughs) This meant that the interactions between the jailers and the convict would be greatly reduced, and staffing could be minimized. And from what I could find... The carousel would only have eight cells in it. So eight cells total. Mm -hmm. And also when we say minimal staffing for the jail, oftentimes it was cited as a single jailer or a single officer. (gasps) That's a horrible idea. But no one can get out. Uh, Only one entry. Yeah, but you have like one mistake. One mistake. Like one. And I'm not even talking about an emergency, like a flood or like a fire. I'm talking like. One person gets out and you're screwed. Even if he's like bigger than you, like I imagine there's a lot of strength and anger. I don't know what to tell you there. I'm just saying this is a bad idea and I'm here for it. Tell me all about it. (laughs) According to the Historical Society of Potawatomi, Potawatomi, (laughs) there we go. That's absolutely (laughs) Potawatomi County, Iowa. Local officials of the county were impressed with this design. They were very interested in the potential economic benefit of only of having such a small staff for the jail. The local officials would travel to Marysville, Missouri in early 1880s to tour one of these jails. And they walked away with that very impressed with their visit. The officials would return home. They would get a bond to begin building one of these New Age jails, and in 1885, the Rotary Jail, known as the Squirrel Cage Jail, would be built in Council Bluffs, Iowa. We Squirrel Cage Jail. Do you remember when we did the Bird Cage Theater? You did it. Yes, I mentioned yeah. it. That's why. Okay, sorry for you. So this is the Squirrel Cage Jail. Um, this jail was reportedly built where a church morgue formerly stood. Okay, so we're starting <laughs> off strong here. Yes, starting yeah. off real strong. Good God, y'all. The jail cost around $30,000 to complete, and we love a good inflation conversion. Oh, absolutely. So today, that $30,000 would have the purchase power of about $933.5 million. Oh, is that all? That's all, no biggie. Okay, NBD. No big deal, yeah. This would become one of 18 rotary jails built. But the squirrel cage prison or squirrel cage jail was still a one of a kind structure. The typical design of the rotary jails was a single story design. The squirrel cage jail was a three story rotary or lazy Susan jail. So they had three of these these cells stacked on top of each other. Wait, Bryce. 
Bryce, where does what? the pee go? They have toilets. Okay, so it's not just like trickle down. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm still not on board, but I'm listening. Uh, I mean, it's not great. We'll talk about it. Remember, this is 1880s. Yeah. 1885. Oof. Now, in total, the jail was four stories. Only three of them as part of the rotary design. The other was the fourth floor was built as like the officer or the jailer's quarters. So they were on top. Yeah, they were on top. Okay. Sorry, is that where they like slept and stayed? Yeah. Okay, I got you. Yeah. Because at the time they lived, the jailers lived in the jail with their family. Right. That's okay. You know. Oh God, what a what a life. The exterior of the building was designed to look like anything except for what it was. Like they were like, this is not gonna look like a jail. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> it kind of looks like a school or like a uh like a capital building. Yeah. So it's a Victorian style building, has a lot of detailed brickwork, arched windows, limestone trim. And for a lot of people, they say it appeared to be more of a home for a prominent businessman than rather than a prison. Oh, <laughs> okay. Wow, they did put a lot of work into that. <laughs> yeah. In total, construction of the jail took only five months to complete. Holy crap. It was quick. They really saved a lot of space not building all those doors. Right? And it, it was took a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. They saved a lot of time. I knew what you meant. My brain auto-corrected for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was estimated that the three rotating level cages weighed about 90,000 pounds. And they, they had to hand crank? The, I mean, I imagine it wasn't that hard, but I also imagine, like, he had some biceps on him. He had to have. <sighs> And this was basically this structure three stories high. I assume each story has its own crank. Like you only uh -huh. spin one floor at a time. God, I hope so. I don't know for sure. I didn't ever validate that. But <sighs> it was basically attached to a single iron beam in the ceiling for stability. That doesn't feel stable. <laughs> it does not feel stable. <laughs> that is less than, uh, or that is more than true. It did not feel stable. <laughs> The front of the jail would consist of offices, kitchen, the trusty cells, and the women's quarters, because that wasn't part of the rotating portion either. Oh, they were allowed to talk to each other. Well, I mean, I'm sure the other prisoners could talk to each other, too. Not easily. It doesn't seem like. Just yell loud. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, they Jeremy! Also... <laughs> what, Jake? <laughs> the fourth floor, I already mentioned, was the jailer's quarters. So that's where they lived. So the back of the jail, that was where the rotating uh, cells were. And in total, it was meant to house 60 inmates. So 60 total, including the front portion, two men per cell, 14 years old and up. What? Okay. This is... So you're just going to put a 14-year-old in there with a 46-year-old? 1885, okay. Oh, boy. Okay. What did he do? Not go to school? There was a solitary confinement cell that was less than two by two feet and six feet tall. You wouldn't be able to lay down in that. No. How did and they... Sitting was probably uncomfortable, too. Less than two by two. 
Oh my god, the eighteen hundreds were wild. Oh like I don't god. want to go to prison now, but like back then, I would have been on my best behavior. <laughs> I would not have been speeding anywhere in my horse and buggy. Um, would you like to know the longest record? Reportedly, the longest record for an inmate that was in solitary confinement. In solitary confinement, was it one hundred and eighty days? You think someone's going to stand in that for 180 days? I hope not. I hope they're not going to stand in it at all. Way too long. Uh, It was 10 days. Okay, that's still way too long. I'm not arguing, but 180 days or 10 days. I'll take the 10 if I have to choose. Oh, God. Now, many of the residents in the area, not of the prison, but of the area, they were outraged by this jail. They they just paid for it, for one. Uh But they thought it was... Too plush for inmates. This poor sap had to sit in a six foot tall two by two cell for 10 days. And it's too plush. But that's solitary confinement. That's still. (laughs) Even this, like. They got 60 people sharing sharing one door. Well, I don't know what to tell you. They, some people dubbed the jail Hotel Guitar. Don't know why. I don't know why. Okay. Um, some believe that the inmates were just being coddled and it was just such a fancy jail. Others were upset that each cell had its own toilet. And this was years before some of the residents could even have that same convenience or luxury. So they were like, how the hell do they have a toilet? And I'm not breaking the law, but I don't have one. The 1800s were wild. What is wrong with people? I don't know. So the Squirrel Cage Jail would have its first inmates on September 11th, 1885. I keep wanting to say 19. 1885. Of the first inmates, that included murderer Cuff Johnson, Mike Mullins, a horse thief, Frank Schofield, a forger, Ed Rankin, a confidence man, John Gordon, revenue law violations, and then the Brock family, which consisted of Mr. Brock, Mrs. Brock, and their daughter, who were all in there for larceny. And no, I couldn't get their daughter's age. They really just were like, give me one of each criminal, and we'll <laughs> see how this pans out. Yeah, they were like, just give me one of each, it's fine. Maybe they did like a Russian roulette style. I can see that, because this really, like, it's either that or bingo. Because these are, you've got, you've got some of everything. Yeah. This jail would also go on to house the infamous axe killer, the Tacoma axe killer, Jake Bird, as well as spree killer, Charles Noel Brown. Learned about both of them doing this research. So we'll add it to the list. Yeah, add it to the list. Now, in theory, this is a wonderful jail and it's very groundbreaking. In practice, not so much. Um, The Squirrel Cage Jail had a lot of different challenges. Prisoners could have legs or arms severed as the cells move past the stationary bars. Some stated this could happen accidentally for the prisoners or others doing this with the prisoners. Wow. So some stated this could happen accidentally. And for other prisoners, they could have been doing this intentionally to sever body parts. Like, like, like a murderer doing it to his cellmate? No, like them doing it to themselves to get the hell out of the prison. Oh, or out okay. of the jail. Because there were a lot of prisoners that would do anything to get out. Jeez. Yeah. The rotary mechanisms were prone to mechanical problems. 
This added a risk of starvation for all prisoners if the mechanism was not able to be fixed in a timely manner. Wonderful. Oh, boy. Yep. The squirrel cage jail's massive design proved really difficult to keep in balance. Uh, I mentioned that it was that one <laughs> beam and then 90,000 pounds on their base. And that is, this is a new building. You're going to have the soil start settling too. And they, they saw that as a challenge as well. As well as they had to make sure the weight of the prisoners was distributed appropriately throughout the cells. The men that designed this, what did they do for a living? Design shit like this, they just didn't know it was going to be three stories high. They designed a single story. And then somebody took this and was like, hey, I got a great idea. Hold my beer. Let's tack three <laughs> of these on top of each other and affix it yeah. to the ceiling with one beam. And let's see what happens. Yes. By the way, throw that rusty crank in there. Does They don't have to eat or anything. That's fine. This actually is the biggest rotary jail that I could find. Um, I think they had a couple two-story ones, but overall they were all three st- or one story. There wasn't anything that was, you know, bigger. Like, yeah, so this was the biggest one. And where is this at again? Iowa. Idaho? Iowa. Iowa. Oh, no, I want to go. You are on the wrong side of the U.S. there. Okay, well, Iowa's doable. <laughs> Iowa, yeah. Yeah. For you. <laughs> the sewage system. Oh, God. Would send fumes upward. Oh, God. Flooding the jailer's quarters in odors. Oh. The smell was so bad that some of the jailers would actually take over space that was meant to be the women's quarters on the second floor instead. The jailers? Like uh-huh. the people that put them there? Uh huh. Oh, no. And they would put... Because they were at the top. Mm-hmm. That's where the housing was. Oh, no. So it smells no. so bad. They're like, we're going to the second floor. We're taking over the women's quarters. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad it was. There was concern that in the event of a fire or other emergency, that evacuation attempts would be futile. Mm-hmm. Um, you're yeah. literally cringing to get all of the prisoners out. You're um, really telling me that Jailer's going to sit there, too, and be like, I care so much about each of you individually that I'm going to sit here and crank this the whole time. Yeah. And also, they- I'm going to smell your poop while I'm doing it. You're <laughs> burning poop at that point. You're flaming. Flaming poo. Yeah. Um, they did say they had, like, emergency exits, but they were, from what I understood, it was very precarious, and you still had to have a Jailer let you out. Like, you so- could get to the top. Because that's where you had to go to get out. You had to go up before you could go down. How I understood it, at least I could be incorrect, but you had to go up to the top and then you had to wait for the jailer to let you out. Oh no. And he's yeah. not even up there anymore. He's on the second floor. <laughs> you know, he's okay. like, no, y'all smell like <laughs> shit and the, the building's on fire. Like you're on your own. <laughs> he's like, bye. Um, the jail faced an additional problem and that was the inability to segregate inmates properly. So you had chicken thieves housed with killers and prostitutes prostitutes housed with rapists. And I'm freaking oh my god. Right. So you have this one man, Gilbert Ranfelt. He was reportedly jailed for writing a check for a dollar fifty that bounced. Okay. Exaggeration, but 
<laughs> overreaction. Yeah. Um, also, $1.50 is a lot more than, you know, what it is today. Anyways, but then you also have, like, an axe murderer, Jake Bird, who allegedly killed up to 50 people, also being housed here. There's no segregation of, like, severity of crimes. There's oh not, like, God. maximum security or, like, everyone is just kind of a mosh, mosh posh of people in this, this jail. Sounds, this absolutely sounds like they were coddled. You're right. <laughs> Definitely coddled. Um, now, the Squirrel Cage Jail was not the only ro- rotating jail with issues. The Maryville Jail, this is the one that officials had toured prior to the construction of the Squirrel Cage Jail. It actually only lasted about 12 years. And that was because the rotating cylinder was beginning to weld into a stationary position by 1904 after a prisoner's head was crushed while the jail was rotating. Good God. Now, we don't learn anything. No. Um, while this incident did not happen at the Squirrel Cage Jail, it did churn the local opinion against the idea of rotating jails. They were like, uh, maybe this isn't so great. So citizens of Potawatomi County would petition and demand a new solution. Eventually, the County Board of Supervisors for the area would pass a resolution in 1909. Remember, they just built this jail in 1885. We're looking at like 25 years, right? Yeah. So, 1910, they have this new resolution, and they ask voters, hey, if you want this new resolution, we're going to need $75,000. I know you still love a good, a good conversion. conversion. Yeah. Um, $2.4 million today. That's more than the last, okay. Anyways. So, how could, how could they trust them to not do this again? Well, they had a different solution. Like, they presented, like, this will be the jail. Like, this is the concept or whatever. Okay. But the voters are like, uh, I know you're saying it's unsafe. But maybe we don't want to pay for it. They already have toilets. They're fine. They've got potties. They're fine. Yeah. The Squirrel Cage Jail would continue as a functioning jail until 1969. That feels really late. The, the citizens are like, we just paid for a jail. We're going to get our money's worth out of this one. And that's it. They didn't care about the hazardous conditions. Do we know how many people died in this jail? Reportedly, yes. Oh, no. We'll get to it. Um, before the jail closed, there was also an incident with protesters. This was during the Farmers Holiday Association strike of 1932, where 84 protesters uh, were arrested and taken to the jail. Way too many protesters and way too We're many already people. <laughs> 84? Didn't you say it was supposed to house 60? 60. Yeah. And this is 84 new people. Yeah. Oh, God. Out of okay. fear, out of fear the, that the disgruntled farmers would storm the jail and set the other prisoners free, the police would, like, kind of turn machine guns upon them because they were like, oh, I know you guys are upset, but we got murderers in here. <laughs> And at least one officer was killed during the confusion of this just very random battle. Now, I wanted to just throw that in so you guys knew that was an incident that happened. What finally changes voters' minds on getting this new jail, though, is an incident that happened in 1960. An inmate dies of natural causes. 
So we're looking at our second death here. So an inmate dies of natural causes. Due to a malfunction in the rotary machine, the jailers were unable to retrieve the corpse for two days. Uh, that's unsanitary. They couldn't get food to people either. It took two days. I'm sorry. Like, there's there's no stairs or anything. Like, you, you really have no way. Not even a staircase and a slingshot and a baked potato. Like, you have no way of getting these people food. I guess not. This is... The 1800s were wild. This is 1960. Oh, no. <laughs> so, after this incident, the rotary mechanism would be disabled. What? They continue, yeah, the rotary mechanism is disabled. It does oh, not they... rotate anymore. They continue operating by cutting through the outer cages to the interior cells. So anything that was accessible from the floor or other landings just kind of was like cut open. Uh-huh. So no more rotary jail, no more little pie-shaped cells. No big deal. In the jail's final years, it was described as a free-for-all. Because the inmates are no longer confined to their cells and they're able to wander the surrounding corridors in the jail. So many claim that you had prisoners roaming free, attempting to escape, and the lone guard, likely lone guard, would just be in his office watching TV. Like, he can't be bothered. Okay, so the whole point, the whole point, okay, hold on. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this. The whole point of this jail was these nice, swanky, piece-of-pie rotary jails that are just so ahead of their time that you only need one jailer to watch after 60 people. Uh And then, because they can't feed people, because they can't get their shit running straight, they cut that out, just cut pieces out of it, do away with it, and they never think, hey, we should probably hire more jailers. To my knowledge, no. That could be inaccurate. I got a lot of my information from the Historical Society website as well as the Historical Society of Potawatomi. Guys. Guys, what are we doing here? What are <laughs> we? This poor jailer's like, not doing it. Not I don't today. blame him. I really don't blame him for staying in his <laughs> office with that door locked. He's got his donuts and his coffee. <laughs> pot his coffee pot and he's got a tv and he's like you know what y'all do whatever you want because i'm paid minimum wage and this is bull oh, crap god there are patches in the walls where inmates reportedly tunneled to freedom the accuracy of this statement i don't know and they just patched it up patch it up slap some uh some mud on there some plaster no biggie this is cool just spackle it that's fine no one will even know <laughs> Eventually, all of the inmates would be transferred to other jails in the area, and the Squirrel Cage Jail would officially close their doors. That was 1969. In total, the recorded deaths in the facility... Do you want to take a guess at how many? Uh, This is... Was it 60 years? No, almost 100 years. It was like 80. 84. 80 years. 113. More? So, I, for those of you that are like, wait, what? I shook my head, no, it's not 113. 
In total, the recorded deaths in the facility, there are only four to five recorded deaths. That's a fabricated number. There's no way. Recorded deaths. Recorded. So you have one prisoner that died of a heart attack, 1960. We know that one. One fell from three stories while trying to carve their name on the ceiling. I'm assuming that one was after or in the 1960s. One prisoner hung themselves. This one's really awful. You're going to love this. They tied a makeshift rope around the outer bar and then put the noose (gasps) around their head. And when the cells rotated, he would essentially hang himself. (gasps) Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, One officer was shot when a gun misfired, and that was in the the farmer's strike that they had in the 30s. The fifth, if there is one, is unknown causes. Now, many believe there are likely significantly more deaths here. I mean, there's rumors of a prisoner who died after they ate glass to get medical discharge. Holy crap. There's better ways to do it. Um, there's also rumors of a man being decapitated, though this might be confused with the story from the man in the Marysville prison. So, again, recorded deaths, four to five. I feel like that's fabricated. There's no way these people went days without eating and nobody died. I don't know what you want me to tell you. I want the truth from Iowa. This is coming from Iowa. And they, Iowa, like their historical society, jail representative, whatever, they said it, there's likely more. These are just the recorded ones. Yeah, I was going to say, like, especially back in that time, the, what, 1880s to 1960s, I feel like it would be pretty simple to just not write down a death. Zhuzh it away. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's how many reported deaths there are. Now, soon after the closure of the Squirrel Cage Jail, the building was set to be demolished. But by 1971, it was acquired by the Council Bluffs Park Board. Also, rumor has it that members of the Historical Society stood in front of the bulldozers to prevent the demolition of the jail. They're like, Lincoln Arms, (laughs) do not cross, you know. Yeah, they knew. They were like, no, people will travel to see this shit. People travel to see this bitch, don't you dare. Yes. (laughs) Um... In 1972, the jail was added to the National Register of Historical Places, so it is now a protected historical site. In 1977, the Historical Society would lead an effort to save the jail, um, and as of today, they own and operate the whole facility. So They like, did not uh, link arms in vain. No, they did not link arms in vain. Now, I'm not sure when this piece was discovered. I believe it's more recent. I couldn't find a year. But they did find a secret room in the upstairs jailer's apartment. There is a hole in the wall behind a picture. No one is sure what the purpose of the room was, if it was ever accessible, or when it was even blocked off. How big is it? Or do we know? uh, I don't have the dimensions, but if you watch any videos, it's like a decent size. Like, smaller than the room I'm in, but likely bigger than the cell. So uh, it's like it's like a room. It's not like there's a space in the wall for a safe. No, not like it's a room. Oh, like, that's there's, creepy. Yeah. Again, nobody knows what this room was used for, if it was ever used at all. Uh-huh. So here that's we are. That's creepy. Anytime there's a hidden room, no. Next, you're going to tell me it's got like peepholes and stuff, and I am 
out of there. Well, there's a right now, or at least last I saw, the only way to see into this room is through a hole in the wall. What did I just tell you? It's not a peephole. It's like a decent sized hole. That's even worse. Okay. Are you ready to get into hauntings? Yes. Did you forget that's what this was for? Yes. You forgot the paranormal. Yeah, like I thought this was the paranormal. This place sounds horrible. (laughs) Well, there's hauntings, of course. Many people claim to hear footsteps, see dark shadow figures, hear doors slamming, hear doors opening, see doors opening, things moving, they hear voices, even if you're alone in the building, hear whistling, full body apparitions, strange lights, the feeling of something or someone tugging at them. Visitors also report a feeling of sadness in some cells. The sensation of being watched is common. Two ghost cats are also believed to be in the jail. And in the later discovery of the mystery room, people often claim to see movement coming from inside of the room. Oh, <laughs> those are the common ones. Okay. Now, oh my God, there's more. <laughs> I have like specific groups that went and did investigations. I have some of their experiences. Okay. Good God. So the hauntings are rumored to go back as far as the 1950s. There is one jailer because, you know, 1950s upgrades, they were back on the fourth floor um, for their apartments. But you have one jailer who refused to live in the jail's fourth floor apartment. After they heard footsteps when no one was walking around. And they basically said they had like an eerie feeling. They just didn't like it. So he opted to live on the second floor. He's okay. like, not going to the top. Second floor. Good. So send me back to the poop rooms. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Yeah. Um, one worker who was at the jail working on a project after hours. Walked through the building and saw a little girl with a mournful expression all in gray. Inside of one of the cells whose bars were locked with no way of getting in or out. So this is not one that was cut open, but she could see in and there's a child. And prior to her seeing this little girl, uh, this worker was like, I kept getting weird sensations. I didn't like it. There was something going on. Oh, I don't like it. So almost like something made her look. Yeah, I don't like that at all. Oh, the Carroll area paranormal team was able to get EVPs and video evidence. They saw unexplained light on occasion. One occasion, sorry. They saw unexplained lights one occasion in the infirmary. They also caught unusual sounds. One team of investigators for Paranormania, they investigated the jail, and they've done this on several occasions. They stated the first night they stayed there, it was silent, and from seemingly nowhere, they just all of a sudden heard, like, boots walking down. <laughs> oh. And they were camped out in one of the cells. Keep that in mind. Oh, they are ballsy. Yes. And they heard these boots walk up to the cell that they're staying in, and they would just get this feeling of being watched. The group, the same group, also has found an area on the top flo- floor where their equipment always malfunctions. One woman in their group had her hair pulled when no one was around her. They said, like, the closest person to her, because at first she thought, oh, you guys are, you guys are messing with me. And she turns and the closest person to her is in their own little world five feet away. Like, there would have been no way for them to get that far away from her without her hearing them scurry away. Right. Ooh. Um, They've caught several EVPs. They have a ton of evidence as well. You can see some of their evidence on their Facebook page. 
um, and find their content for the squirrel, squirrel cage jail. Another group known as the Paranormal Research and Investigative Studies Midwest Prism. That's what this group is oh, called. Oh, nice. It was good. I thought so, too. They were able to capture a cabinet door open and close on its own at least three times. They captured uh, electromagnetic spikes, temperature fluctuations. The team was able to attribute these readings that they got with orbs on video. Oh, mm-hmm. that's always super interesting to me because like mm-hmm. an orb can always just be like, I mean, anything really, you know, it could be like yeah. dust or something. But when something like that happens and then you see an orb, I'm like, oh, OK, hold on. Right. This group also captured what they believe to be an instrumental transcommunication or an ITC. Have you ever heard of those? No. Okay, this was the first I heard of it, so I had to figure out what it was. So basically what happened for this investigation, one of the investigators missed a call during their investigation. But rather, and like cell phone, you know, but okay. rather than the number showing like the phone number, it actually showed in the place and it said get out. And this was they like can in do res- that? apparently they can do that. Holy crap. Yeah, and they believe this was in response, like this was a response from questions or something that had happened during their time there. Like it correlated time-wise. Holy that's wild. Oh yeah. my gosh. That one was really really creepy. Uh now you guys know you guys all know who who went out there. Ghost Adventures. Could you not bark in here? Did you hear how excited he got about Ghost Adventures? He barked. I heard a weird, like, geriatric bark. Yeah, it was the geriatric (laughs) (laughs) So, you all know Ghost Adventures went out to investigate. And they investigated... Shut the fuck up. It's always when you say Ghost Adventures. He loves it, apparently. So, they investigated on season one, episode three of their serial killers spinoff. So, it's not like their typical ghost adventures. It's a ghost adventure serial killers. Um, Discovery Plus, guys. Greatest thing ever. So good. I know. So, you can watch it on Discovery Plus. They did catch spirit box voices, EVPs, EMFs, orbs, unexplainable lights, black masses. You know, it was eventful for them. But also, I don't think they air anything that was uneventful. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. For most of the paranormal groups that have got evidence, you can find this on their respective websites. I will try to remember to post URLs to their websites if I remember. I don't make promises, but I'm sure if you type in Carol Area Paranormal Team, it'll pull up their website. Same with the Prism, it'll pull up their website. As of today, the Squirrel Cage Jail is a museum. It is run and operated by the Historical Society. The cell walls still show signatures and dates of prisoners who sketch their info into the walls. <coughs> That's really cool. Yeah. It remains just about in the same state that it was in in 1969. They didn't do anything to, like, cover up anything. They didn't patch holes and cover anything. They're like, this is how we got it. This is how it is. This is where so-and-so totaled, and we just speckled over it. Exactly. Now. It is a museum, so they do have some artifacts there. Um, I believe it's, uh, I shouldn't say I believe, it's all jail-related artifacts there. I can't remember the name of the group. It's something-something jail society. I don't know. But they have the noose from the 
the last man hanged in Iowa on display in the squirrel cage prison or in the squirrel cage jail. Oh, that's that's heavy. Yeah. According to their website, you can get in for a tour for ten dollars. Oh heck yeah! Just for a tour. This is not anything paranormal. Just a tour. In 2022, the jail was still hosting public investigations and also flashlight tours leading up to Halloween. They also have their own line of wine that you can buy. Okay, I'm listening. You have my attention. Amanda sat straight up like, oh, wine. Spooky jailhouse wine? Okay. Yep. I believe they have five different varieties, at least from what I could find. Um, and the Squirrel Cage Jail is one of three remaining rotary jails still standing today. I actually Googled that earlier because I was trying to find the one closest to me. Because this would, I think this would also be really cool to see in person. Really Listen, grim, but. I know I'm not allowed to go. Dad, you're going to call me and go, you are absolutely not allowed to go. I know. But it's fine. But like, he could go with you. No, he won't. <laughs> I imagine he would be interested in this too. Not if it's haunted. Oh, you don't have to do the flashlight tour. Like, I'm all about museums. It doesn't matter what kind of museum it is. So, like, if I could just go see this during the daytime. Oh, hell yeah. What if I told you Ghost Adventures caught a lot of activity during the daytime? Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'll watch it and then I'll let you know. <laughs> So I did want to ask, what is this last picture? Mm, I don't know. What did I put? It looks like somebody opened a trap door or something. Oh, that's the emergency exit. Who's supposed to fit down there? I don't know. It says, if you look at it, it says emergency access hatch at the top of the cage. You're supposed to climb up to that. They're out of their damn (laughs) minds. And you're supposed to climb up in this in like case of a fire for example that looks like it's all metal that's gonna yeah. get real hot who's gonna get shit i don't know who designed stuff i need to know i know you already told me but come on why would you put three of them on top of each other i don't know what to tell you i'm sorry somebody did not research this stuff somebody did a lot of research to get a patent on this Three of them, though, on top of each other? Hey, it was still patented. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. And I did include pictures of the basic, like, the model, the design. I'm not. I don't like the solitary confinement. That, ma'am, that's a doorway. <laughs> I know. That's what that is. That's a and it's door. literally labeled so no one gets confused. It's labeled solitary confinement. Did you <laughs> see that sign there? That's how I knew what it was. Yeah. And then they have a nice little bucket, I'm guessing, to poo and pee in. Yeah. Oh, my God. How? I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. And then. It's really sad. It is. It is very sad. And then when you see, like, the whole, the cage with, like, the, the open. Oh, it's just awful. The whole thing is awful. I can't imagine having to be in one of these prisons. For writing a bad check. A dollar fifty. Oh my gosh. Well, I loved and hated this at the same time. I knew you would. I knew without a doubt you would. As soon as I saw it, I was like, I know what this is. 
you knew it was a rotary prison. I did. Or a rotary jail. Like I said, the only reason I did it is because we talked about it when you did the birdcage theater. And I was like, I'm going to do the squirrel cage jail. For sure going to do the squirrel cage jail. Why is there a blue horse out for it? Oh. <laughs> Why would you ask such a silly question? Why would I know? <laughs> that must be the horse that was his name stole. Oh, probably. Oh, no, that's the horse he used to steal the horses. So the horse had to go to jail, too. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. They're like, was, I guess uh, you just go here. Yeah. He's like, here, you can hang out in the yard, I guess. Just don't, just make sure to go potty in your designated area. Yeah, don't stink up the jailer's quarters like the rest of these haters. <laughs> the jailer's probably like the horse the most. Like, oh my god. <laughs> just take care of yourself. You're great to work with. <laughs> oh, these other heathens. I don't have to feed them every day. He just eats the grass. I don't even have to associate. I can forget about them for a couple days. <laughs> All these other ones, they get noisy if they don't eat for a couple hours. Ugh, so annoying. Always asking me to turn the cells. And then you know what they do? Stick their arms out. Are they idiots? Obviously. <laughs> it's just wild that, like, looking back on this stuff, that this was allowed. Mm-hmm. Man, the 1800s. Something else. They were wild. It was a party. I don't think there were 80 laws. <laughs> There were you. Could, you could not write a bad check for a dollar fifty. Uh, I think something about larceny too. It's stealing horses. Yeah, you couldn't steal horses. That was illegal. Yeah. Murder was also illegal. No shocker there. Forgery. I don't know what a confidence man is, but you couldn't be one of those. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was going to ask, and I forgot because you just kept going, and it got crazier as you kept talking. <laughs> Let me look. What is a confidence man? Con man. It's a con man. Oh, a practitioner of confidence tricks. Oh, okay. How did I not know that? It's a con man. It's a con man. How would uh, I, how all this time I never knew what con man meant? I thought that was the I thought that was the name. Con I, man. I assume that too, but what do I know? Well, today we learned. Oh, revenue law violations were a thing in the 1800s. What is that like taxes and shit? Oh. Uh, I assume. And then larceny. Are they just going to put you in here with a murderer or a rapist? Well, don't do larceny. Don't larcenize? Don't larcenize those people. Okay. As well, a family, too. That's the other thing that got me, is it was the whole ass family. The whole family. Like, the daughter had a freaking choice. She was like, well, my mom and dad made... I don't even know how old she was. She could. It could have been her scheme, for all I know, but... Yeah, she could have been like eight years old and be like, hey, mom, dad, I'm really tired of eating porridge. I got this great idea. Listen up. But she also could have been 1934. Oh. Yeah. I wasn't going that drastic. She could have been older. I guess that's what really, that's what would make the difference right there. It's mm -hmm. In my mind, they're putting a 12 year old in there with mom and dad. God, at that point, just send her to grandma's house. Well, I guess, it, I guess she had to be at least 14, right? Mm, some reports said they did house children as young as 12. Oh my gosh. What are we doing? But it was built for 14 and up. Listen, if the rumors are true, the 1800s would put three-year-olds in jail. I believe that. Didn't pay his taxes. Oh, I hope he was potty trained. <laughs> Probably not. 
Oh, poor thing. But that's my story. I kind of liked it. I thought you would. I figured you would. Yeah. I, I, I don't like it, but I do. Oh, you love it. I know you do. I know you're, you're like fighting the love feeling. I just keep looking at the pictures. I've looked at them a thousand times. All right. Thank you all for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode, you can follow us on Instagram, Hell on Heels podcast, Twitter, Hell on Heels pod, or Facebook by searching Hell on Heels podcast. You can find us on Linktree by typing in Hell's, Hell on Heels podcast as well. If you want to support us, please like, review, rate, share, and subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further so we can create more content for you, you can donate through Patreon where we're working to release specials for our patrons. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or just words of encouragement, please email us at hellandheelspodcast at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen with you as well. Bye. Bye.